As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Episode 91, Campfire Finance. Hey Chainers, welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So it's Katie, today we're chatting with someone really interesting and he... He appears new, but he's not. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, I was actually quite shocked when I found out that Ty from Campfire Finance, that ultimately Campfire is relatively new. Yeah, so well... It isn't entirely new. It was part of a separate blog at one point, as he points out later on. But um, Ty's been around for a while. This is actually his third personal finance blog. Yeah, well, and I think that what I found particularly motivating was he has been in the game and he has had to kind of change up his strategy, but he never quit. Yeah. And being consistent is so important, you know, and trying to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And changing things around is definitely okay. And sometimes even needed. Definitely. Keeps it a little interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So Chainers, we'd like to hear from you. What what is something that you've done to change up your financial life? You can hit us up. It's info at chainofwealth.com. We would love to hear your opinion and who knows? We may even give you a special shout out on a future episode. <laughs> Are you ready to dive in? Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers. Welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have Ty from Campfire Finance, a personal finance blog that's taken over Twitter and social media. Ty got a late start on saving, but has created some great resources for families that are looking to get ahead. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I feel like I see you all over Twitter, but I don't like know you. Well, I'm Ty. I'm the the devilishly handsome guy behind Campfire Finance, and um, also Get Rich Quickish is another blog that I've got. Um, but yeah, I live in Seattle with my wife and my four kids, um, and we're trying to you know reach financial independence and retur- retire early on a single income. And you know we kind of got a late start to the personal finance game, so that's that's our story and. Trying to make the most of it right now. Awesome. So who would you say was your role model growing up? And 
what lessons about money did you learn from them? Let's see, role model growing up would have to be, without question, my pops. Um, and my three brothers, right? I'm one of four boys. And when I was really young, my dad worked, um, he worked the open hearth furnace at a steel mill. And, you know, the plant closed down when I was really young. And he ended up starting a couple of businesses to try and support his family. Um, his first venture that he and mom you know, tried their hand out was a restaurant and they ultimately sold that. They weren't restauranteurs, restauranteurs. What's the word there? They weren't good at running a restaurant. They they weren't (laughs) restauranters. There you go. (laughs) We like to eat at them, but we don't run them. Right. No, I'm the same way. (laughs) So he sold that business. um, And then he started a construction company and my brothers and I all worked for my dad and really from the time I first remembered, I would go to work with him. And he, he taught me not only how to work hard because construction, you know, that's, that's a whole lot yeah, like work. That's tough. Um, yeah. But he taught me the value of a hard day's work and going to work with him almost every single day, you know, either after school or all day during the summertime. And I got to spend a lot of time with my dad and brothers and I grew really close to him and we had some, some great conversations about life. And, over the years, we've developed a really, really close relationship. And so, you know, without question, my role model is, is my dad. That is so cool. And I feel like often working with family goes one of two ways. It's either <laughs> amazing and it makes your family bond stronger or it's like an earthquake and it's awful. So I'm, well, re- I'm really glad that to hear you had such a great experience working with your family and getting to learn from that because that's ultimately at the end of the day, what's really important. So I, and maybe I have a unique situation because I worked with my brothers as well. And my relationship with my dad was really good, but my brothers are idiots. So it went the other way. Yeah. Well, um, I, love it. So, so- I don't, I don't blog anonymously, but they don't know I have these blogs. So ah. I can talk if it makes you feel better, I've talked about my brother before, and I'm like 99% positive he does not listen. But watch, like the, the one we spoke about him <laughs> right. will be the one that he finds. But my mom, my mom listens. My mom listens very intently, actually. <laughs> very good. Well, I hope my brothers don't find out about this because they're all bigger than me. So you're the youngest then? I'm the youngest of the boys, and I do have a, a younger sister. Oh, oh cool. She had four older brothers. I know, right? Her poor boyfriends. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I could not imagine. That would be really rough. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So where did the idea for Campfire Finance come from? So Campfire Finance, as it stands today as this standalone blog was a compromise that I made with myself. Um, it's, it's actually my third personal finance blog. Um, so here's the thing. I've had three personal finance blogs and I don't really like writing. And that's kind of a problem if you're a blogger. Oh my goodness. I was about to say, you just like made the, the pivotal, like, what? You don't like to write and you're a blogger. Can that happen? Oh, it happens, Katie. <laughs> I know. I yeah. feel the same way. <laughs> it's really hard for me. It doesn't come easily. You know, I'm not one of those people that gets a lot of enjoyment out of sitting down and trying to express my thoughts in a, in a blog post. 
And I especially don't get those feelings when there's the pressure of trying to maintain a consistent posting schedule on a blog. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I was kind of grinding away for a couple of years on my first blog, which was Get Rich Quickish. And one of the things that I would do is a weekly roundup post called The Sunday Campfire. And in that, I would share, you know, five to ten of my favorite posts that I had read throughout the week. Um, and eventually, I just sort of pivoted from there and decided I'm not going to make this a, a weekly roundup on another blog. I think it deserves to be its own site. And so I stood Campfire Finance up as a standalone site just a couple of months ago, about six months ago. Um, and that's that's where we're at today. There's It's still my own personal finance blog. So without the pressure of needing to write every single day, which I've removed from myself, um, I do find that I like writing a little bit more now. So it is my own personal finance blog still, but I also feature daily the writings of other people. And I've kind of opened open the site up to anybody that wants to come in and write about personal finance as well. So there's a really liberal um, guest author policy on the site. Yeah, well, I know we actually recently got the um, the, the privilege the of honor. being the honor <laughs> of being featured on your on your uh, site, and the traffic that came through from your from being featured was huge for like a week. That's really great to hear. You know, when I first started, so first of all, like five, six days a week, I'll just feature like blog posts. But one day a week, I try and feature like media, like videos and podcasts. And I did recently feature, and I believe your guest was Penny from yes, She Picks Up Penny. was. Yes, and we had lots yeah. of fun talking to her. I, I, um, I really related because we're both teachers. And, yes. and I'm going back into teaching and we've talked off the show a little bit. We had a lot of fun with her. Yeah, she's a great personal finance blogger and it was a really good podcast episode. It kind of had to be featured and so we yeah. featured it. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like it, it definitely um, was quite interesting because historically for us, Sundays is always the slowest day for downloads. So we checked our stats like we do every day. Like, I, I don't know if, if when, you when we, obsess the same when way we do. we check the stats, <laughs> Dennis checks like three or four times every day. Oh, no, it's a lot more than that. <laughs> I see yeah. him do it three or four times but, um, every day. Yeah, like Sunday is historically always the day of the week. That's that's the lowest. And this Sunday was different. It was much higher. So we were like, whoa, what happened? And then we saw we'd be mentioned on Twitter and we were like, ah, so, <laughs> it makes sense now. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Happy to help. Um, yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you had three personal finance blogs, and this is obviously we've spoken about one and number three. What's number two? Well, it didn't really get off the ground. I'm so I'm a Gen Xer. Um, I'm 40, 41. We'll be forty two later this year, and. And I'm kind of the tweener. There's a few really well-known boomer bloggers out there. Um, and there's a ton of millennials out there. And there's a handful of um, Gen Xers as well. But I started a personal finance blog called Gen X Money. And I really liked the idea behind it. But trying to run multiple blogs, go to work full-time, 
you know, maintain a relationship with my wife, raise four kids, something had to give. Holy and so <laughs> I started this one. And you know what's interesting is that name absolutely exploded on Twitter. Mm, that's mm. interesting. Don't give Dennis any more ideas. <laughs> if you saw the weekend that we had last, like occasionally, like the green screen comes out and the, the floodlights are out and our apartment is I, only like 600 square feet and all the podcast equipment, I swear, takes up like 400 of it. So <laughs> don't give Dennis. I see the look in your eyes. <laughs> Guilty <That's> awesome. charged. <laughs> So, so that was the third one, but it didn't it didn't get very far off the ground, but we started it, we gave it a try, and I thought better of it and kind of let it wither on the vine. Well, hey, yeah, but you, you have to sort of throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks, you know, and what you enjoy. So, yeah, like, I, I would say if anyone is considering starting something else, try it out. You know, there's no harm in seeing what else there is out there. Yeah, well, and I definitely have to say, I think Campfire Finance is doing quite well. So, you know, thank you very much. It is doing well, and I... You do have to sort of just get started and then don't be afraid to change it up. Um, you know, if something's not working, then change it. You know, and if something is working, then focus in on it. And if I had just been so rigid and said, nope, get rich quick issues, my site, I'm sticking with it, then I probably would have folded up shop a long time ago. But, you know, I, I sort of found a groove that worked for me and it seems to be working in the community as well because readership is growing and Hopefully, every single month, it's driving more and more traffic to the sites of my fellow bloggers and podcasters. Yeah. So what are your goals coming up for, for Campfire Finance? So it's really young, right? The, the, the first year is all about driving traffic and just building it up and getting the name out there because, you know, I guess the site has two stated goals that I've got in writing. And number one is to improve the lives, to improve lives by improving finances. And number two is to connect personal finance bloggers to new audiences or to new readers. Um, what I mean, by, I guess, by improving lives is so many, so many people out there struggle financially, not because they're broke or because they're poor, but because they're broken financially. You know, they don't know how to build wealth. They don't know how to crush their debt. They don't know how to break that cycle of living paycheck to paycheck. And I, I've been there. I lived that life for quite a while. And let me tell you, life is a lot better when you've got your financial act together. And I think because I've tasted both worlds, that's why it's number one in what I want to do with Campfire Finance um, is because life is better. And I want to help people get their financial act together by featuring amazing content and amazing posts but that's been written by, by other people. Um, so we're trying to cast that really wide net. and. You know, as a blogger, I've got my own unique story and my own unique voice, but it's very narrow. It's only one story to tell. And because Campfire features so many different people every single day, seven days a week, we can cast a much wider net. And it appeals to a much wider audience. And as we pull these new readers in, they're going to find a voice and a story that resonates with them. And I just get a ton of satisfaction out of connecting those two puzzle pieces. And that's really what motivates me and keeps me going on a day-to-day -day basis now with Campfire. I can totally agree. I, before, when I was living in Florida, I hate to admit, I was kind of a train wreck with my finances, even though I didn't actually realize it. I wasn't budgeting 
my money and I wasn't tracking my spending or anything. I was kind of just living each month hoping for the best. And I thought I was doing like the right thing. But when I moved up to Virginia and me and Dennis started going over our separate finances, I realized I needed some help. And that's basically where the idea for Chain of Wealth came from. Right. So, you you know, you learn by doing and you just you just hinted at that. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to start a blog is, first of all, I kind of got the fire bug, right? That the whole financial independent, financially independent and then retire early. That really resonated with me. And one way for me to just be more involved and to learn more was to start writing about it. Because, you know, you can't write something without doing a little bit of research on it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way I tried to improve my own finances was by starting a blog. Like personal finance as a general topic area. A lot of people that aren't necessarily involved in the space, you know, it's such a private thing. And like a lot of people feel that they can't talk about it and that there is this block. So, you know, like I think honestly, bloggers have a responsibility to sort of try and maintain really good content and really strive to educate people because of that severe I almost want to say um, cloud that's around money, you know, and it's it's a topic people are afraid to speak of. And bloggers have the opportunity to really provide a platform for people to get educated. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting space. Yeah, It's very taboo, isn't it? The whole topic is. And I think that's why a lot of our readers jump in with both feet is because it's so odd to find somebody that's willing to just be so open and honest with their personal finances and their net worth and their struggles that it really connects with people because you don't hear those stories very often. Yeah. And I think that you are really creating like an ecosystem of sorts of like trust and people can turn to you and know that they're finding articles that are well-written and there is like a sense of truth to them. Oh, thanks, Kitty. You bring up an interesting point there because the stuff I feature, I don't always agree with it, right? Sometimes kind of raise my eyebrow and think, that's interesting. I don't know if I agree with it. But again, my, my perspective is really narrow and it was shaped by my very unique upbringing and background. So just because I don't, don't agree with it or maybe don't have a strong opinion on it doesn't mean it can't and shouldn't be featured because it might be just what somebody else needs to hear. And so I try to make a deliberate effort to feature things that don't resonate with me all of the time. That's one way we try and keep it a little bit unique. That's really the art of syndicating content as well is sort of being a bit more open-minded in terms of the type of stuff that you'll read and be exposed to. And like, I think another thing as well with a lot of um, bloggers, like, a lot of people almost feel that they are so almost disconnected from the world, you know, like especially the bigger bloggers who've been doing it for a while and they've been posting the income reports for months and years. And it's, it takes two seconds to see, Oh, this blogger's got a net worth of a million dollars, you know? And a lot of people sit back and they say, Oh, it's a million dollars. Like, you know, they obviously made this from blogging and they knew something that I didn't, but Right. But like what a lot of people fail to understand is it's years of literally being at the grind, slowly investing, slowly building up their net worth. And, you know, giving that transparency is very easy to do. But as someone looking in, it's very easy to say, oh, well, in July of 2018, 
they're worth X, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great to see that growth really take off too. And some of the bloggers that have been posting their net worth for a long time, you can see that ex- that curve really start to grow exponentially after a while. And for me, if I'm far to the left of that curve, it's sort of motivating to know that if I stick with this and if I keep making good financial decisions, I'm going to hit that point yeah. where the money starts to grow really quickly. Yeah, like it is worth it. Just kind of stick with it. You have to go into it with a positive mindset. Yep. I really appreciate those bloggers that share that because it is motivating for so many people. Absolutely. So if you could go back in time, what is something that you wish that you could have done differently or changed since you said that you have started a little bit later in life? This is, I've really gone back and forth trying to think about this. And the problem that I keep running into, and maybe I'm being way too literal here, Katie, but (laughs) the problem is that 40, you know, the advice that the 42 year old me would go and give like an 18 year old me would fall on deaf ears. The younger me just, just wasn't ready for this. You know, information has to hit at the right time and in the right way. And I, I think rather than try and give myself some advice that I know I wouldn't take, I think I would offer myself encouragement because I'm in a really good spot right now. I'm really happy with my life. And I would just sort of tell myself, you know what? Your life is going to be awesome. Right? You get to marry your high school sweetheart. You're going to have four amazing kids. You're going to have a killer job. You get to live in a cool city. You get to have a nice house and cool cars. And guess what? You get to retire early with enough money to pretty much do whatever you want. So just hang in there, keep grinding away and enjoy the moment and enjoy every day. And you know, life is going to be awesome. I think, so I think that's what I would say to myself. I think that's actually really cool and really important because I feel like a lot of the like anxiety that people feel in their 20s is, am I doing the right thing? Am yeah. I going to be okay? Am I going to be living under a bridge one day? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that, like that, I can say that personally. You know, I've always thought like, I hope, I hope no matter what happens, I don't have to sleep on the street because I can't sleep when I'm cold. So yeah, or when I'm under a bridge. Yeah, that that probably would <laughs> or not both. not be ideal. <laughs> right. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, one of my favorite things to ask guests is what is their favorite book? Did you know that if you head over to chainerwealth.com slash audible, you can listen to a book for free. The first months on us, you're able to get a credit and you can basically listen to any book regardless of the price. It's a fantastic service. I use it personally. I would highly recommend it for anyone that's looking to consume books on the go. That's chainofwealth.com slash audible. All right, Ty. So why do you think people struggle to achieve their dream? I think people struggle with this because they've got a dream and not a goal. Dreams don't come true unless you make them come true. So you, you need to set very specific and achievable goals that will help you continually move in the direction that you need to go in order to achieve the dream. It's hard. 
it's really hard to maintain the tenacity that's required to achieve your goals if if all you've got is this really ambiguous or unrealistic dream. Yep, yeah. it is super, super true. And speaking about that, like Katie and I speak a lot about goals and, you know, the sort of how important it is to actually sit and write down your goals, you know, and if you do that, you're 800% more likely to achieve your goals. And it's so true. Like we actually did a bit of, um, I would say cleaning of our website over the last weekend. And we were kind of deleting older posts that we didn't think were as relevant or that we were not going to like, and I'm specifically referring to our income reports. You know, the last time we'd posted (laughs) one was in February, but before I deleted them, I had a look at them. And one of the goals that we had in February was to get 8,000 total downloads on the podcast. And, you know, like we, we wrote it down and we've kind of been tracking it a little bit as we go along, but to date, we've had over 80,000 downloads now, which is literally less than six months later. So to have come so far, it just goes to show that just writing down goals that are specific, have such, it has such a powerful impact as well. And it motivates you. Once you achieve the goals, it's like, all right, what's next? Where are we going to go to? Like, what else can I do? You know? Well, congratulations, by the way. That's Thank an you. amazing Thanks. metric. Thanks. And, uh, I really appreciate us. That is fantastic. Super impressive. One of my favorite posts on my blog is probably one of the least read posts on my blog. <laughs> I can relate it, to that. It was, it's something like creating a, a financial win-back schedule where you, know, you start with your end goal and you layer in all of these little mini milestones that you need to hit along the way. Right? If your goal was to hit 8,000 downloads, well, you can't just put out one podcast and hope that happens, right? Maybe you can now with one podcast, but you needed to put out a new episode every single day and you needed to have a goal of having good sound quality and you needed to self-promote. So there's all of these little goals that ladder up to helping you achieve the big dream. And man, that has been so instrumental in helping me professionally and personally and financially is developing these, these wind, excuse me, these work back schedules. And I loved that post, but it, maybe I need to rewrite it because it just wasn't very well received, but I'm sticking to my guns. It's a killer post people. <laughs> I, I think that that concept sounds great. You know, like write down the end targets in mind and work your way back, figure out what steps go into that goal and it will become achievable. Well, absolutely. Yep. And that's ultimately what we did with my debt payoff. Like Dennis was like, you want to be debt free? That's the goal. You're going to do this and this and this to achieve yep. that. And it does work. You're absolutely right. And you have to celebrate those mini milestones because that's the only thing that'll keep you going. Yep. And even if you feel silly about celebrating them, you know, you may be like, this is such a small goal, but for you, that's a major milestone at, at that well, moment. And they're necessary because if you skip them, then it might trip you up later on. And so they're they're necessary, regardless of, of how small they are. They're a necessary part. And because they're necessary, they're very important. So don't feel silly about them, you know, celebrate them. Definitely. So do you have any favorite books or podcasts you could recommend? So I am currently reading a book that I think is rising to be like number one or two on my list. It's not personal finance, but it's called Sapiens, um, A Brief History of of Humankind. and it's really, really good, and it's surprisingly entertaining. It's this look at the history of humanity. Um, gosh, I just love it. My, my 
favorite personal finance book was the, the Simple Path to Wealth by Jim Collins. Um, I give that book away probably once a month to friends and coworkers. Mm-hmm. There's a book that's had the biggest financial impact on my life by far, and it's called Getting to Yes. And it's a book about negotiating. And I was trying to prepare a little bit for this interview. And I think that book has helped me gain an incremental $100,000 in my life easily, right? I, I think I'm playing, being very cautious here. And the reason it's helped me get so much money is it's helped me negotiate bigger salaries when I've started at new jobs and not only salaries, but I've negotiated bigger salaries and bigger stock option bonuses. And over the years, these things just add up and the incremental gains have started to compound. And you know, over the past decade or so, since I've read this book, man, it's got me an easy $100,000. And so I, I recommend that one a lot to people. It's, it's really good. I haven't heard of that one. We're going to have to check that out. Just yeah. super easy read. You could knock it out in maybe an hour or two, but it's really, really, really? good. Well, I've been reading one book for seven months right now, and I, I could go for an easy read. I, it's it's a great book. It's called The Elephant Whis- Elephant Whisperer, but I didn't realize how short of an attention span I have, and apparently all the books I usually read are like 200 pages, and yeah. it's like five, but I'm like committed now. I'm over halfway, and it's really good. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Stick with it. Small goals, Katie. <laughs> each chapter at a time, all 50 of them. I, I was going to say each page, but... <laughs> so do you have a favorite quote? Oh, do I? I have... I love quotes. On my Get Rich Quickish blog, I had a page dedicated just to my favorite quotes that I stumbled across. But right now, I got two. I'm going to go with... My favorite quote right now is, no success outside the home can compensate for failure within it. And as a father of four and a husband, I really try and keep that in mind, right? I'm spending a lot of time at work. You know, the overwhelming majority of my waking hours are spent at my full-time job. And then I come home and I try and work on campfire finance. And if I'm doing really well at both of those, it really doesn't matter if my home life is crumbling around me. And so, man, I really, really love that quote that no success outside the home can compensate for failure within it. I love that. And I feel the exact same way. I function much better. Like if my home life is good, no matter what else happens, I'm fine. But if I'm like struggling at home, no matter how great my job is going or how great anything is going, I feel like miserable inside. Yep, I hear you. Tom, we absolutely loved hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. I guess my parting words would be, you know, be tenacious with your financial goals, right? It's so easy to get caught up in a moment where you get all jazzed up about something and you're all amped up and you're like, yes, let's do this. And so you set this lofty goal or this amazing resolution for yourself. And then, you know, the, the hype quickly fades and the motivation diminishes. And so the tenacity is your ability to keep a resolution long after the mood in which you made it in has passed. And that's a really hard thing to do. And so, you know, 
keep fighting everybody, keep grinding, and be tenacious with those financial goals. And before you know it, they're gonna they're gonna come true. I absolutely love that. Chain is we've been hanging out with Ty from Campfire Finance. You can check out his website, it's campfirefinance.com and definitely check out some of his content and the syndicated content that he has. It is absolutely top class and we trust it a lot. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 